Hi everyone, it's Helen Joy Butler here, Home Energy Alchemist, Sanctuary Creator and Elemental Space Clearer and welcome to this episode of Musings on Sanctuary and Spirituality. I'm really excited and overjoyed and happy to bring the lovely Katie Sweetman to you today in this Sanctuary Chat. So Katie is a consulting astrologer in New York City. She's the creator of Empowering Astrology, a popular online source for daily astrology writings and video horoscopes. Katie's work stresses a holistic view of the client and the chart, utilizing not only astrology, but energy work and psychic mediumship to create transformation. Katie's really into Saturn, and I know that we will get further into that in this conversation. But thank you, Katie, so much for being here. It's lovely to have you here. You're welcome. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So let's dive straight in with you and a little bit more of your background. Like what brought you to this space in the world and sharing these gifts with everybody? It's, uh, it's a, it, it goes way back. <laughs> um, you know, when I talk about astrology, what people, a lot of people don't know, if they don't know me, is that I have a 20 year background in IT and graphic design. So I was in a very different world before I started doing this full time, but astrology has always been with me. Um, I was a kid and I was kind of that kid that would go to the part in the library where they would have books on numerology, astrology, palmistry, ghosts, and astrology, there was like an early love for it, but it was really, and I was actually thinking about this a couple of days ago, it's like the 30th anniversary almost of when I first saw my like very first astrology chart, which was my own. Um, I think it was like Christmas 1992. <laughs> Um, maybe not it's it's so long ago but we got a family computer and my father of all people put astrology software on it and I say of all people because he's this engineer he has an army background um, and he's not the person you would think would be the person to introduce me to astrology but you know this was pre-internet so it's this black and white screen and I remember thinking like what like what is this and it was my chart and me being the Scorpio that I am I'm just like well how do I decipher this so very very long story short like I just started to teach myself and read books and but it was for a long time it was my party trick and then I turned 28 and that age 28 29 is a very crucial year for each and every person on this planet which will we talk about today and um somebody was at my birthday party and somebody said oh you're going into the saturn return and i'm like what's that i've never heard of the saturn return and then my life started was around that time was like falling apart so suddenly i had this these two words to explain why i was my life was falling apart and when i discovered saturn and why it was telling me like this time in my life was so important and why maybe some of the things that were happening were happening it kicked my passion of astrology on a much different level because now I saw it was a tool it was a real life tool and not just something to say at a party like oh you're a Libra or you're this that's what this means so the million dollar question is well well how did it come to this well it was such a powerful impact on my life I was like this is the most important thing that you will one of the most important things you'll ever learn your birth date your birth time creating this chart everybody needs to know this 
so you have some sort of framework and guide work for your life and it took I mean that was 2008 when I, I'm dating myself when I had my Saturn return but a couple of years I remember wanting to be like deciding it was like seeing on the subway platform in New York City I was like I want to be an astrologer it was like this moment where it's like it like got marked in time and a few years later I started empowering astrology I started to do clients and then it took like seven years before I actually quit my day job but that was a very long answer to a short question but it, it arcs I get what I realized just a few days ago it's 30 years to get here That's amazing amazing I love we all have a backstory to what gets us to here and it's really like those forks in the road and I love that you brought up that concept of Saturn return because I know we've already said that you are totally in love with Saturn but when I just remember when I was 28 29 there was stuff going on for me which was external and some of that um, I want to say um, ripple effect or some of the dust of the Saturn return didn't land for me until a few years later is that normal <laughs> it it really depends this is this is the analogy that i make for people before this life and you have no people believe this before this life you make plans and you come into this life having forgotten all your grand plans but the astrology remembers and then you get to the saturn return and that's the moment when you say yes you say yes to life you say yes to the karma and the plans that you said you're going to do now is it all beautiful and perfect and symmetrical at that moment not always maybe in your own chart there was something that sort of drew it out a couple of years that Saturn return moment can in a the Saturn return you could argue really lasts three years as long as Saturn is in the same sign as when it was when you were born it's like in the room with you is what I say and maybe it took, there was a moment at 28 that didn't really flesh out till 31, maybe, where you're like, oh, okay, now it's crystal clear or as crystal clear as it's gonna get. Maybe there are other things in your chart. This is why it's so important to kind of know the intricacies of your own astrology. Um, so I think it's perfectly normal. I think when you start to get older and you haven't done the work, and I don't want this to sound judgmental, because we're all in our own path. But there's moments when we have the big check-in with Saturn, Saturn's like, what are you doing? <laughs> so I think that if you get out of your Saturn return and it's not, it's a little messy, trust me, I was a hot mess at my Saturn return. Um, when you get to that next big check-in, which is about age 35, Saturn's like, come on, <laughs> TikTok time. So maybe, you know, between then and, you know, that period of time, you're still working things out. You know, we all are some way. Well, definitely we're, we're working things out, obviously, until our very last breath on this planet. Well, <laughs> I know from, because Katie does these amazing weekly emails, but also video energy updates. Katie, is that what you call them? Yeah, it's like my show. Like I, um, I started doing a, a weekly Facebook Live, and I, I know if, if it's mostly those of you who are in Australia, it's more like a Tuesday morning show. Um, but I do a look 
live update of the astrology. So it's, it has a very pragmatic side of things, you know, what's going on with the astrology. But I do try to get a little bit deep with people. I'm Scorpio. Um, so that people understand that these things that are happening, it's not just a bad day or something random. It's like there's something that's there for you to learn and for you to work with. Yeah, perfect. And this little Scorpio loves them because I certainly learn a lot. I know that in those conversations, you often say that we are 50% our astrology and 50% us. Can you share a little bit more about what that means? Sure. I think that we, let me take a step back. You know, part of what I do is to educate people as an astrologer, because I think we are culturally conditioned um, to have an expectation of what astrology is. And this idea that astrology tells you your fate, that your fate is this cemented thing. I don't know, maybe somebody wants to you know, feel differently about this, but somebody once said to me that the future is a tree with many branches. And I, I believe that. And I think that astrology just shows you where the, the twists and the turns and the branches are. But what people don't realize is the chart, your astrology, it's just energy. It's just symbols and figures and lines, it's lines of code. I tell people it's, it's a 5,000 year old coding program. We just call it Venus or call it Saturn. But when I look at a chart, it doesn't tell me if the person's male or female, what country they're from, uh, how much money they make, uh, if it were if the chart is actually for an event or something else, you know what I mean? So I try to, it's just something, it's a vessel, it's a container that you live in. So what the chart doesn't tell me is your level of self-awareness and consciousness. It doesn't tell me about your fears. It doesn't tell me how you are restricting yourself. Now, of course, the chart can hint that there's something that you're working on, but until I sit down and start to talk with you, I don't have a sense of how you're living in this chart. And there's times where I'm saying, hey, you know, in, I'm in the house with them, so to speak. And I'm like, hey, look, you got this, you got this, all these features in your chart. And they're like, yeah, no, I'm like, or, or my favorite, and I think this is actually talks about the beauty of astrology. I'll, I'll say to somebody, you're actually really creative. Your chart, there's this creativity to you. And she's like, no, it's not me. Like I have all these friends that are artists or friends who are creative people. But what happens is, is that there's something inside of you, the chart hints at it, that you're not claiming. So you attract these people into your life that are reflecting back something that's in you. So. The chart is just, I mean, is it literally 50%? I don't know, but it's a way for people to understand that you just can't live like autopilot through the astrology. So if there's difficult astrology, how do you work with it? If there's easy astrology, what do you do? But this, the, the heavens are always trying to get us to evolve. And this is why we're all under the same sky but we're experiencing it differently. So this is, I say that often, you know, astrology is just 50%, you know, the other 50% because people don't take into account unconscious societal conditioning, um, the, you know, parental conditioning and stuff. So it's like, it's just a chart, but you could be from Kolkata, you could be from Paris and be living very different lives, same chart. 
Yeah, yeah. I think, um, and I, I'm going to suggest because I'm actually an identical twin. We're born 10 minutes apart. And I think this is a beautiful kind of analogy for what you're sharing because physically at birth, we were the same. But there's these external environmental impacts on us individually, which have crafted and changed us to, you know, as individuals to be who we are. And I think our charts, I know that whenever I've um, spoken with other astrologers or other people who are interested in charts and they kind of go, oh, well, obviously there's not much difference there. Right. There is obviously a difference at the same time. Two different souls. I I have twin aunts. They are about five minutes apart. Not that much. Totally different people. Same ascendant, same sun, same moon. I mean, uh, this is sort of that big question that always comes up in astrology about twins and fate and free will and I think there's the chart doesn't talk about the soul well it doesn't measure the soul or at least there are things you of course can look at that sort of talk about the soul's journey it's just my belief but the chart doesn't talk about all these external conditioning that you will go through this it's like there's it doesn't have a metric for that so you're trying to hold people to something that you know, there's all these different nuances, but so you know it, you know, yourself, you're an identical twin. Definitely. And it's always interesting. It always fascinates me that people think you're the same. And I'm sure your aunts were the same. People, oh, they are, you know, they look the same. So therefore they are the same when we know full well that that's not the case. Yeah. I also know that one thing that you, uh, when you and I had my private reading, Katie, so just putting this out there to any listeners, it was amazing. Oh um, and I re-listened to it this morning. Uh, just I, It's been sitting in my to-do list for a while. Just re-listen to that because it's been probably five or six months now. And I remember prior to that meeting, having listened to some of your video conversations and you, know, you were looking back at, well, what happened in these particular years? And so when you and I met, you actually said to me, how long what happened in May 2018? I was like, oh, my gosh, that's well, firstly winding my brain back to what happened then. But at the same time, felt really specific. Like you could have said what happened in 2018 or what happened in your 30s or something like that. But you actually were really specific around May 2018. And I know yeah, you've often said, <laughs> I know you often said in um, astrology as well that, it makes a lot more sense looking backwards at, you know, what happens, even though we can obviously look at our chart and perhaps see what we, what might be happening for us, you know, moving forward as well. So can you talk a little bit to that, that concept of you know, hindsight reflection on specific days or months or years? So just for a little bit of context for why I said May 2018 is astrology is just about telling time. Now it's metaphorical time. It's it's a mo- It's it's how we live different moments in time through the lens of different signs and different planets. So I know as an astrologer that in May, May fifteenth, we're gonna be hyper specific. Uranus, the planet Uranus, went into Taurus for the first time since the nineteen thirties and forties. Like, oh wow, that's a pretty big deal. But depending on your own astrology, that sign of Taurus might be really highlighted. So you're Scorpio. I'm a Scorpio. So Taurus is what's called our opposing sign. So 
logically we can say, okay, here's this planet of reinvention, revolution, turning everything, ups, everything upside down and trying to get us out of our way, which for Scorpios are really good at being in our, in our own way. And that began in May of 2018, March went out and then went back in March, 2019. So when I look at a chart, I'm looking for stories. I don't know, maybe this is the part of me that's got a lot of planets and Sag, like your life is a story, your astrology is a story. And so for each and every one of us, but in a different way, a story opened in May of 2018. Now for some people it's very prominent and I'm looking for the thread. So maybe something happened then that was really quiet or for some people, it was very dramatic. You know, maybe one client, her marriage suddenly falls apart or maybe for somebody they move, they make a big move, but that sets a story that then is going to last the duration that that planet is in that sign. So in the case of Uranus, it's seven years. So that's why with some people I get specific and I go back to these certain dates because I know that they were big dates. May 2018, March 2019, January 2018, January 2008, and even going into 2010, 2011. So I'm looking for these sort of themes that people are thinking like, why is she asking me about 13 years ago? I just want to know about this month. And I'm like, but you don't understand something that happened 13 years ago, 30 years ago, is still this thread that's even running through the present moment. I was talking to a client yesterday, 30 years ago, she had this event happen that now 30 years later, it's sort of coming to fruition. Two moments separated by three decades, yet they are inextricably linked and it's part of her destiny. And destiny is a big word, but there is a sense of destiny in our chart. So that's why I go back to, to certain dates and then I, sort of plot ahead, well, if this was happening then, what's maybe the next page turn in the story? So just to you know, you bring up Uranus, um, we're gonna have a lunar eclipse in November of 2021. I was like, what year is it? November, 2021. And that eclipse will be in Taurus since the first in a series that takes us into 2022. I mentioned that because whatever story began, May of 2018, March of 2019 might get a little dramatic for some of us come November. We will see. That's my prediction. I'm going to put that in my calendar, <laughs> Katie, because, you know, now what I know about Taurus and, you know, all of that, it's like, oh my gosh, okay, maybe it will gift me permission in and around that time just to pause to, you know, create some space in my schedule so that. I don't know. Sometimes things come left to center, right? And I just—that's true. Uh, this is just me in sanctuary and all of that. It's like, okay, how can I um, manage uh, Scorpio? <laughs> manage control. I know. I know. Scorpio wants to be. That's why Scorpio gets into astrology. Like, how can I predict everything? How can I be in control of everything? And then you know, then God laughs. Um, and this, I think, this is you know, Scorpio's seven-year story of learning that we're actually not in control at all. Them. I know, great. We have great, to great talk, Katie. Yeah, thanks for that, Katie. Um, so, essentially, what astrology is helping us do? Because I think a lot of us grew up. You know, we looked at on the newspaper, you know, where they print the six lines about what know, yeah. things are going to happen. 
that was that was me yeah reading in the back of the newspaper yeah yeah or we buy the annual astrology magazine edition and it's got all sorts of stuff about you know our star signs but also other you know whether it's planets or the eclipses or whatever in it and so I think there's a lot of people scratching the surface around their understanding and their knowledge of astrology and perhaps it can sound really technical um so yeah and I think probably because I have an understanding of astrology but that technical side sometimes just gets in my way so if someone's listening and they're thinking oh you know if I get a reading with Katie um, or somebody else and you know is it going to really um freak me out from a technical perspective you know it's like if I sat with an engineer or an astrophysicist or someone and they talked it would just be so confusing I'd probably right of course, of leave course. The room. so what can make it easier for people um, if they are looking at you know diving more deeply one of the answers to that and it kind of goes to what you were saying about an engineer and astrophysicist I think that it's kind of like when you go to a doctor and the doctor can like give you a diagnosis and just say it in complete doctor language and it sounds terrifying or it sounds really confusing and we're like uh but if we have somebody that says okay this is what it is but here let me actually explain this to you in a way that you will understand I, I hope I hope I do that because I one of the things I decided early on in my work is I didn't want to dilute astrology even though it's a very technical language and I want to honor the technicalities of the language, I still have to do my work as a translator for people and make it understandable. So I tell people, you don't need to know where your Venus is, what squares are, what progressions are, if that's even, you know, what's a progression? Um, I think that it's so funny because if we were having this conversation 10 years ago, most people just knew sun sign. There's really truly been a shift um, in the last five, six years, in part because of social media. So you have a whole new generation of people that aren't phased by the technicalities of astrology. Whereas, you know, you and I were a different generation. We're like, oh, all I know is my sun sign. I grew up, you know, looking at the horoscope in the newspaper or... Um, and, and Linda Goodman, I don't know if she was big in Australia, but she was really for in the, you know, she wrote Sun Signs in, in 1968. And that opened up a whole generation of people to even thinking about what their sun sign was. But nobody thought about moon sign. Nobody thought about rising sign unless you were like super into it. So I think now people are getting like, like oh, I can kind of, you know, do moon sign. Like, what does, I kind of know that I'm a Libra moon or I'm a Gemini moon or what does that mean? And I think that if people know their sun sign and their rising sign, and, and side note, you do need to know your exact birth time to know your rising sign. Is it the end of the world if you don't know it? No, but the analogy that I make, and maybe this is a little bit of an American analogy, is that when I have the exact birth time, it's like I have the area code. I call your phone number, which is your birth date, but the birth time gives me the location of where to find you. I don't have the birth time. I'm calling all the different area codes to figure out which state or which province that you're in. So I think now people are less freaked out, um, but I'm, I'm gonna handhold you. And I think that working with an astrologer, it doesn't have to be me, of course, that's gonna handhold you. Um, it makes it less scary, all the technicalities. And just know that your life is sort of running on if you are 
Scorpio. It's running on Scorpio time. If you have Sag rising, it's also running on Sagittarius time. So you sort of know these two bits of data and hopefully somebody will tell you, kind of ground you in something so it makes sense. But yes, it's, it's very, it's a very complex technical language. That's, and it's also a symbolic language. There's also an element of magic to it because you're constantly connecting to something through these planets. It's not A plus B equals C. It's a range of A plus a range of B equals a range of C, depending on your self-awareness and consciousness. Yeah, so. perfect. And I want to say that too, that it is possible to actually find your birth time because we had to do that for my husband. I dragged him along to an astrology workshop in Brisbane about three or four years ago, I think it was. And he was born in the UK and moved to Australia in the early 70s. So he was only a toddler at the time. And his mother could only ever really say, oh, like two or three o'clock in the afternoon. Like she was quite um, broad. She knew it was after right. lunch, but she, you know, there's 24 hours in a day. It wasn't very specific. So we actually managed to contact the hospital and, you know, over a little period of time, not very long, like a week or two, managed to get those details which of course made it much better when we were able to then give the person running the workshop the specific details. When you said that, um, for example, Scorpio sun sign and Sag rising, so I know that I'm Scorpio sun, Scorpio rising. <laughs> you're, born, you're born in the morning. Are you born at sunrise? Rather? Yes, yes. So is that why? I was born at sunrise. Yeah, that's why. So when the rising sign is simply the, the constellation of the zodiac that's rising at the east the moment that you're born. But if you're born at sunrise, then the sun, so your Scorpio, is in the constellation of Scorpio. And then it's like going up, you know, at the same time in the east. So that's why if you're born at sunrise, your rising sign and your sun sign are the same with these would be very small exceptions. You know, maybe you're born like right after sunrise, right at, you're born at 29 Scorpio and then the ascendant changes and um, you're Sag rising, for example. Yeah. Wow. I just love it. You can just go deeper and deeper and deeper. I know too, Katie, that you're a psychic medium. And I, um, I know that, yeah, I, I know that when you and I had my reading that my guides came through quite a lot of quite pushy they felt like they had lots of messages to share with me can you share with us the beauty and the magic of bringing that astrology technical magic side and the psychic medium side together I think early on, um, the part of me that's very left brain analytical was really holding on to the astrology because I could point to something and say, oh, it's here. But then I would hear things or I would feel things and I would get nervous and anxious and be like, okay, well, where is that in the chart? So I don't want to be wrong. Over time, the more that I would do this, the more you sort of open up into a space. And I think it's important to, to highlight that for a long time in history, the people who were your astrologers were also your priests and your priestess. It is 
originally a way of communicating to some, you know, with something else. Yes, the kings used it to you know, see plan wars and to see you know, when things were to be favorable to do this or that or plant crops. But ultimately there is this mystical, magical side to astrology that we can't forget. So I think that when you work with somebody, you are entering a space with them and I think, um, I think even Jungian psychology talks about this, um, you know, whether you're face to face with somebody in a consultation or doing this over Zoom, and, and I do all my stuff over Zoom these days, especially, you know, during the pandemic, but something starts to come in. And I think just having done this as long as I've done this, you start to hear things, you start to learn how I, you know, kind of figure out how I communicate with spirit. And I'll, I'll want to do my astrology song and dance. And then it's like, they take my thoughts away. That's their way of getting my attention. It's like suddenly like it goes blank. And for a long time, I didn't know what that was. It freaked me out. I'm like, I think I'm a pretty smart person, but suddenly I, I can't say anything. <laughs> it's like, there's nothing there. So the more that I did this, you know, you're, everybody has a spiritual team. You, know, you 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 didn't come into this life alone, and you came here to achieve something, even if it was even if it's modest. And you have guides with you who have been with you through all of your incarnations. Their job is to make sure that you come back to source, but you are still on the wheel of incarnation, and we make we have free will, and sometimes you don't always make the best decisions. So these guides, their, their job is to make sure that, you know, kind of pr to protect um, our, our, our souls in a way, call them guardian angels, call, call them what you want. We have guides that have been with us because we are connected to certain teachings, to certain, um, you know, I'm an astrologer, astrology is obviously like this kind of vast teaching that it's existed um, throughout millennia and there's you know energies and entities that are connected to that um, I'm sure if you are a scientist or a mathematician you have something similar and then you have guides with you that are there to help you learn about self-worth or or whatever these kind of particular lessons are for your life at this moment and here's the thing sometimes we do not listen <laughs> And sometimes people's guides, they get really pushy with me. They know that there's a mic and they like, even though I have like, I try, try to set up boundaries. Um, and, and it's like, you're not listening. You're, you're trying to do this or it's that. And sometimes people, they, because we, we have free will and we have egos and I'm not just, I'm just saying this broadly, of course, like we really think it's gonna be look like this and we keep trying to make this happen. And then you show up to me and you're like, why is my life, why am I stuck? And your guides are like, hello, we've been trying to tell you for years that it's this, not this, but you're so emotionally invested in this. And we know what that's like. We have people that get really emotionally invested in a relationship working out, even though, you know, deep down inside, they know it's not going to work out. But so that comes in. And I think to kind of answer your question more specifically, the chart is it's this beautiful framework. And it talks about why you came here, or potentially why you came here, what you came here to work on. And your guides step in because their job is to make sure you actually get that done. Yeah. But fear, self-confidence, lack of self-confidence, self-worth, trauma, the past can really um, get in the way. Definitely. There's so much 
There's so much going on, I think, in our lives that we often just park ourselves, meaning our dreams, our goals, our passions, just over to the side. And then we think, well, we'll come back to that at some stage. We'll just busy, you know, working or managing our family or living our lives and doing what's expected of us. You know, when all that's smooth and easy or out of, you know, my life, because, for example, my children might have grown and moved out or whatever, then I'll come back to connecting with these things that are my truth or my reality or my passion. And I can definitely look back on my life when, whether it's my guides or the astrology have just gone, no, no, over here. <laughs> all those dates that you shared earlier, the 2008, the 2010, 2011, all of those, I know, yep, that's. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It. That was the universe being like, um, here. Yeah now now is the time for this and you know when i talk about 2008 for example that's the year that pluto went into capricorn the planets are still moving even though they are in a fixed position when you're born of course um but pluto had not been in capricorn since the 1760s and the 1770s so kind of a big period of time you not you would have to live another 248 years to have that particular energy in a particular part of your chart, helping you, helping, if you want to look at it that way, to dismantle something that's not working anymore, for you to face something that you haven't been wanting to face. Pluto talks about the shadow, for example, and for some people, we had to really face our shadow self in 2008, or we really had to start to dismantle something. You know, I tell people the astrology is 50%, you know, the other 50%, but there are times when it's really the astrology. And that's when you know that it's gonna rain or you know it's gonna snow, for example, but what do you do? You can't change the weather. You can't change that Pluto has just gone into the room of your chart that talks about home and family or career. And now it's said to you, okay, I'm gonna start ripping everything out for 16 years. For 16 years, this is gonna be a construction zone. And no one like, likes to live in a construction zone for 16 years. <laughs> I know, but the good news, that in three years Pluto will be out of Capricorn but then um that's when I have to break the news to Aquarius <laughs> that <laughs> they they're in the hot seat brilliant I, know. I, I have an Aquarius son so it's something for us to all know my dad my dad my brother and Aquarius is yeah so yeah. Aquarius will go into about I don't know if it's 16 or a little bit longer because Pluto has an irregular orbit of dismantling something but hey, you know, I'm a Scorpio. Aquarius is one of my four directions. So I'm in the hot seat too. Hooray. It's good to share the journey. <laughs> yes, I, I know. So there were two things kind of coming to me now, and I'm happy to go in either direction that you feel called. But if we can touch on both of them, that would be really amazing. Sure. The first is as we record this conversation, we are coming to the end of the astrological year and stepping very shortly into the new so the first thing is what have we kind of learned already perhaps in 2021 up to this point or if that goes into 2020 as well because goodness knows we all learned a lot in the last march of 2020 that's yep. when the previous astrological year happened i think it was like the, the 21st i mean it's usually about the 21st um i have to check my calendar um 
it was March 19th and, and it would have been March 20th in Australia. So Amazing. we, we, we started an astrological year and you're just like, holy moly, that's right when this all started to heat up. Yeah. Excellent. So what have you learned? Well, I learned how to bake. I learned how to make bread. I learned, I learned that maybe I shouldn't live alone. Um, I learned, no. But we all learned a lot, right? In the last 12 months. We we, we did learn a lot. And I, and I had a lot of conversations with people over the last 12 months. And in particular, um, people, there have been silver linings. I think it has been a very difficult time. I'm not going to, you know, of course, you know, put rose-colored glasses on that, but I think that this time for a lot of people forced something that needed to be forced, whether it was a, a 180 or a reconnection to self, reconnection to health. Um, and I think there, I mean, I can only speak for myself. There's been a lot of profound shifts and work over the last 12 months. I went full Scorpio. Um, I'm like, let's just, all right, here we are. Let's just, you know, just dive into the pipes, so to speak. Um, but I, I think that this to your question or your comment about the astrological year as we record this, astrology is about time, time and how we live time. And here we are at the very end of Pisces season as we record this. And it's the, something is totally waning. And we now have to look back at an old life that began March 19th, March 20th, 2020, and integrate what we learned. When we get to Pisces season, Pisces is the sign of two fishes, but they're both going in different directions. So this says that we get to the end of the zodiac and what, where does it all go? Does it go here? Does it go there? Does it, go, is, is it, does it feed manifestation in life and, and, and the world beyond this world? Or is it suffering? Is it loss? Is it endings? So this is why there's sort of this polarity in Pisces. And then we dive back the horns. We dive back into manifestation with Aries. We have the first breath of life, the first start of spring. I know astrology has a Northern hemisphere bias, but um, it's the start of spring, the start of new beginnings and renewals. So this is this moment where we really need to do our internal work to shift and to let go. And it's no different that if it were the end of a lunar month, you know, those last few days before the new moon, when the, the, the veil gets very thin and we can feel something that maybe we didn't feel before. And, you know, that voice says, okay, well, what did it all mean? Do you mm-hmm. want to make any changes? Cause here we go. We're going to go into a new, a new story, a new cycle. So what have we broadly, have you looked into this, broadly got to look forward to in 2021? Because also as this was the second kind of direction I was hoping to just speak on or ask you to speak on, um, is that when this episode lands, we're coming up to the eclipse season. We are coming up to the eclipses. And these are eclipses that we're actually starting to, we're like at the middle of the eclipse cycle. Every eclipse cycle has an 18-month-ish cycle, and, the, and this cycle began on June 5th of 2020. So eclipses, they happen every six months. That you can predict. And you can also predict that wherever that eclipse energy is happening in your astrology, something's changing. Maybe it's dramatic, maybe it's not so dramatic, but it's like a curtain comes down on one act, curtain comes up 
on another. So as this is starting to come, when this airs, we'll be right on the, we'll be in the gate for two eclipses. Eclipses, they, you start to feel their energy a month before. I talk to people and let's say they're a Sagittarius or a Gemini, which is where the eclipses are happening. And I, you know, I'm saying, well, what's going on in May, June of 2021? And they're like, well, actually it was the end of, you know, April where this happened. And I'm like, well, that actually is part of the eclipse story. But so I think that people need to understand that something is shifting around the time that this gets broadcast. There's a part of your life that's twisting and turning. And we have to understand that at the root of this time, Sagittarius is about faith, truth, wisdom. What do we believe in? What are our, what are our convictions? Everybody has a lot of opinions right now. Who's right? I, I say that just completely broadly. The trap and I say trap just because the south node right now, the south node of the moon is in Sagittarius. Um, we all have the trap of the south node saying, oh, we think we're right. And nine times out of 10, Sagittarius is right. It knows a lot. If you know Sag, they're often right, annoyingly so. But it's that 1% when they're not right. And so right now it's like, oh, you think you know it's truth. But do you know it's truth? North node is in Gemini we have to get a new perspective. We need new ideas, new information, new choices, because maybe we're wrong. So there's some part of our life where that story is maybe coming up and maybe that's something you're thinking about or somebody's thinking about as this goes live, what is truth? Do I have the truth? Am I right? Am I wrong? Do I need to get a new perspective or make new choices? Because also Gemini is about the duality of life. The same duality that brings us to the end of the zodiac, Pisces. Okay, well, left or right, up or down. Who who was this all for? The light or something else? So I think that what we have to look forward to in 2021 is this continued story around faith and truth and meaning. The last time we had the South Node in Sagittarius was 2001, 2002. What could we not do in 2001? Well, we could, but it was a little bit, it was the restrictions, travel. So I think the story around travel and movement and the restrictions around it continues into the end of 2021. Maybe that's not what everybody wants to hear. Maybe I'm wrong, hopefully I'm wrong because I love to travel. Um, but I think that we have to sort of see that this is a time where maybe we can't go long distances, Sagittarius, Sagittarius foreign travel. Um, maybe this, in a way, you can kind of see some echoes to what was happening in 2001, 2002, when the eclipses were last. Because they have an 18, 19 year cycle in total, but they'll spend 18 months in the same two signs. The other thing that's happening this year is there is a square not to get people freaked out about technical stuff, there's a square between Saturn and Uranus. And Uranus, or sorry, a square, is a 90 degree angle between two planets. It's not good, it's not bad, it's just friction. So this year we are feeling friction between two areas of our life. So I'll take Scorpio for an example, because we're both Scorpios. Uranus is in our relationship sign. 
something opened up, something began two years ago that was trying to shift our life in a new direction. You have Saturn. Saturn is typically a planet that plays things pretty safe, pretty stable, pretty easy, but it's coming as well, not coming, it's at the bottom of our chart. It's in the part that's about home and the family. So we're thinking, where do I live? Do I live here? Is this home? Who's home? Who's my family? And we're all going to feel this pull and the split differently. And I think that for all of us, we've got one foot in a new life, one foot in an old life. So for some people, you know, for Scorpio, maybe a new relationship's coming in. And it's radically different. But now their home environment has to shift. I'm like, well, whoa, wait. <laughs> I like my home just the way that I like my home. Or they have to move. Maybe there's a big move. But that big move is really forcing them to connect with people in a very different way. So everybody's going to feel the split differently. And I think that for some people, it's a leap of faith to go in this new direction. They have to build a, a new bridge in 2021. But I think not everybody, but there's going to be some people that really feel the tension and the split and it's, it's tearing them apart because they're afraid to let go of something that they feel is very safe and stable, even if it's not. And so this is why I say the astrology is 50%. You are the other 50% because there's this energy in the sky and it's happening. This is the predictive part. It's happening in a certain part of your chart, but I don't know what kind of choices you're going to make. Because if you're generally a fearful person, maybe you're really holding on to that past. Or if you're a person that's like, you know what, let's just screw it. Let's, just, let's do it. Let's jump. Maybe it's a different experience. Um, I don't know, but I think that when we get to the end of 2022, wait, what year is it, 2021? <laughs> um, sorry, sorry, folks, I don't know what year it is. Um, I think 2020, just to kind of give some context, I think 2020 was the year astrologically that was meant to get everybody to a certain point. We had a major alignment in January, 2020, Saturn and Pluto conjunction. First time that they had done it in Capricorn since 1518, FYI. Um, and I feel that that was the month that we all had to get to a certain point. And that's why 2020 for some people was a really hard reset. And for some people was a little bit of a reset. And then 2020 clear space that we then in 2021 have to figure out um, how do we go in this new direction? And then I think in 2022, it's more of the living, living it. I still think there's going to be some tension in 2022, especially because you know, Saturn is still in Aquarius, Uranus is still in Taurus. Um, I don't know, Jupiter will be in, in Pisces. Maybe we'll all have faith. Maybe it'll all work out, miracles and all that. So I think that that's kind of structurally we have to look forward to, but do keep in mind, this is for everybody. Saturn is in Aquarius right now. Aquarius is a sign that wants balance and equity and harmony, and it wants it on a societal and it wants it on a systems level. Your life is a system. It runs, you know, your schedule or this or that, but if something's out of balance right now, meaning there's not work-life balance or it's, you know, you're, you're not taking care of your health, for example, or something's not running right. This is the year where the machine, so to speak, will show you what's not working. So maybe this doesn't sound like, 
little rosy. I just think that there's some, I just, I think we're living in a time where there's some pretty difficult astrology. Maybe that's 50%. And maybe the, the other part is the fact that we're just in a time on a human, on a human humanity level um, that's difficult in general. And I think these two things are interfacing with each other. But what I tell people and what I've been telling people for years, everything has to change. You guys didn't believe me, 2014, 2015, it's like everything has to change. 2020, I was like, 2020 is gonna be like this wrecking ball year with echoes to 2008. And I'm like, all right, here we are. And it was. <laughs> and it was. But part of me also goes, yes, I'm really glad I'm not that same person back in, you know, whatever, 2008, 2013. Oh, absolutely, like, it was terrible. Yeah. No. I speak for myself, of course, but yeah, no, I, I, and, and I don't know, maybe this is the Scorpio in me talking, but I don't want to be that version of self anymore. I, I, I think I spent a lot of my life not being myself for various reasons. And I think for each and every one of us, we have to be ourselves now. There's a I, lot of reasons why we're not. I totally agree with you, Katie, in this season of the podcast I've been doing round table discussions with two beautiful friends who work in similar fields feng shui elemental space clearing and we get together and we just have conversations around three specific areas and then we're going to be doing a fourth kind of wrap-up one and the first one we've been talking about what's the main block to stopping you from creating sanctuary in your home and then the second one in your body and the third one in your life and the life one is really fascinating to me because it's often a place where people go oh I wish it was this or I wish it was that or I wish it was something else but it's actually the most difficult place to create sanctuary because it's your life and there's so many players there's so many aspects coming at you but the thing that landed for me in talking about you know guides and you know giving us all this beautiful wisdom that they share with us the thing that landed for me around this concept of creating sanctuary in your life was what will other people think? And I think if we, I'm just trying to link this a little bit to the astrology and say, well, if this is really hard at the moment, if this relationship is really hard and I know it's time to come to an end, or if this job is not working for me and I know it's time to come to an end, but what will other people think of me if I leave that relationship, leave that job, decide to walk out of the psychic closet and say, here I am, um, or, or whatever the thing is. One of those big blocks I feel is actually that conditioning of what everyone thinks. And I, look, I'm turned 50 last year, had a COVID internal birthday. It wasn't as exciting as one might think. Um, right. But it did take a long time for me to, and you know, they're still there. They're always going to be there. I think whether it's our parents or other people in our heads telling us, you know, you should do this and you should do that. And it's like, how do I slow that voice um, or stop it or reduce all those other voices for me to step into myself? And I think I just love the idea that astrology and I, I think I really loved our consultation as well because you were able to hold my hand and you were able to make it make sense to me in mm -hmm. a way that I could go, 
no one can show up. It doesn't really matter what those other people think and not from a perspective of being rude or obnoxious or unprofessional, but just from a point of we don't have much life left in us. We might only have a short time. We might have many. If we're lucky. If we're lucky, yeah. Um, And so it's too short for us not to really step into, you know, really owning that. I think if this is okay for you, this might be a nice segue into this concept of sanctuary and what it it means for you because Katie and I, if you're watching on YouTube, Katie and I um, have similar colourings on today. We've both got candles burning in the background. We've both got plants. (laughs) There's lots of uh, beauty in and around my space and definitely Katie's space as well so if we were to dive into sanctuary for you Katie what does that kind of look feel sound like for you sanctuary so I'm this is a personal reveal I'm an early riser um I love the feeling it sounds a little masochistic but I love the feeling of New York right as it's coming awake I love that moment right before sunrise and right after sunrise. And for me, sanctuary is that moment because, and maybe this is the part of me that's clear audience. Like when you live in a city of eight and a half million people, you're hearing the din of not just the, the actual physical noise, but you're hearing the din of their thoughts. And there've been a couple of moments um, where New York was very quiet for different reasons. And I was like, oh, I'm not hearing everybody's thoughts at the same time. That 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 in the background din is gone. So sanctuary for me is that beautiful moment when New York is quiet. And even though I love New York City and I and I don't want to leave, um, but I love that moment and that's my sacred time. I make my coffee, I connect to where I need to connect to, and you know, on a physical level, of course, yes, I want to, you know, create a beautiful home. You know, I want a place where I feel is supportive of me. And I love digital sanctuary, because here we are, you and I are having a conversation that's separated by, I don't know, 6,000 miles, half a world. And we have to create sanctuary in the, this, it's only a few inches. In, 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 in reality or in, in the digital space, but how does that become sanctuary? And so when I get on a call with somebody, I'm trying to hold space for them. And to create a, a place of sanctuary, they don't even realize that that's happening, but they come into this space and start to feel things and to connect to things that they don't normally connect to. So but I love the idea of creating internal sanctuary because I think that that's really key because maybe you know this from your own experience but everybody's up here everybody's in their head that's not where sanctuary lives <laughs> sanctuary lives here and in the chest and the heart and that sacred space within that's where you you we all live like the real us but we're so afraid to connect to that and we try to convince ourselves that we are our thoughts, our minds, and there's no subtlety. It becomes this very rigid framework for life. So I try to get people, maybe this is the energy part of what I do, to really start to slowly come to that space within themselves. 
I think sanctuary also exists in the space between your breath, the space between your thoughts, the space between your heartbeat, because that's eternity. And that's really where you start to feel something that is much greater than you. And isn't that truly the, the point of sanctuary is to have this sacred space to connect? But it has to start within ourselves. So I really love the idea of sanctuary within. Oh, that's so beautiful, Katie. Gosh, you just said that so eloquently and divinely. I talk a lot about the concept of the infinity symbol. And I and right in the middle of that infinity symbol is that breath. Is that, is that, is that, that point of eternity? It's that point of the, the middle point of complete and utter balance. You can connect to that part. That is, that'll anchor you into life. Everything else is just going back and forth between two, two sides. And, and, and I say this as Scorpio with a Gemini moon, life is about polarity. It's about these two sides of the infinity symbol. But we have to sort of find that, that midpoint, that neutrality, um, and just hold it and nourish it the best that we can. Yeah. And what an honor for us to be able to do that for the world as well, not just for ourselves. And I'm not saying that should be our driver. What I'm saying right. is that how many people do we see, I'm getting all tingly as I say this, how many people do we see that are grounded in that center point of that infinity? Symbol? It's very rare. Um, and even even us who, who do our work, you know, there's moments where we don't, we're not in it, but we. it's a place that we can go back to again and again. Um, so I, I try to live in that space, not always successfully, but, um, it's, it's, if, if, if with one thought could, or one concept could kind of get out there to people right now is like, get out of your minds because the mind cuts any, um, you don't hear yourself. You don't hear your guides. You don't trust yourself. And I tell people, I know it sounds cheesy, you have all the answers within you. You don't need me. I'm just here to remind you of something that you already know deep down inside. I mean, of course, if I'm telling you something that doesn't resonate, just put it to the side, like I can't live your life. But you, I want everybody to kind of connect to their, their internal wisdom. And, and I have a very democratic spirit when it comes to astrology because there was a time when you you did not have act people did not have access to this it was something that you know it, and like all mystical traditions you have to be initiated and, and what have you but we still have to respect it but at the same time this is really powerful information that helps you to guide your life and to find the sanctuary within <laughs> to find the sanctuary without around you and to understand the why. And I think sometimes if people come to me and they want me to spell it out for them, I'll spell it out for them. But you can, they go, the little hamster wheels go and they're going in their mind. And I'm like, all right, eventually this information has to drop and it has to find some place to live within themselves. But until then it's gonna be stuck in the mind. Yeah. So. Yeah, you may have already answered this question, Katie, but there is one only ever proper question I ask through these conversations, which is, if you were to leave the listener with one piece of advice on their sanctuary journey, what would it be? I think it, in a way, it goes back to something earlier you said, and 
you know, how do we step out of the like, well, what will other people think? And I remember early on in the pandemic, my guide said to me, the people we were in February, February 2020, don't exist anymore. The sooner that people realize that, the less they will suffer. So I think in order to find sanctuary is also to find the bravery and the courage to make that leap and to leave the past behind and to find that space within and cultivate that space within because Lord knows what is on the horizon. And we need to know that we are absolutely kind of, we found that midpoint. We find that balance within. So that's why I think that people, well, who, who am I, of course, but what I think might be a good way to navigate these times because there's a lot of information out there, a lot of crazy stuff out there, but how do you, learn to trust yourself that's beautiful that's, i think the it's the heart of finding sanctuary yeah definitely and i know those two words bravery and courage came up in my reading with you yeah. they're words that i've right. spoken about in in the work that i've shared as well it's like you might think this is fluffy or you know silly or whatever is going on um in your mind around this concept of sanctuary but it actually really takes bravery and it takes courage to back yourself um and step into you know who we are moving forward or in this moment as well katie i feel as though we could talk forever but we probably should <laughs> wind it up i know yeah i could totally talk forever <laughs> Oh, well, this is it's the Scorpio girls as well who want to just go deep with all these conversations, which um, I'm really enjoying as well. But where can the listener find you, Katie? Where's the best spot? They can find me at empoweringastrology.com. Um, most people also follow me on Twitter. I'm Empowering Astro or Facebook, Empowering Astrology. Beautiful. And Katie, as I said earlier um, in this conversation, does these amazing emails once a week and then also her live conversation, which I know I've sometimes watched on Facebook, but I also connect with on Spotify, Katie, when I'm driving to my Pilates on. Uh, yeah, that is true. I do put the audio content on Spotify for those people who do prefer just to listen. Um, you can follow me, Empowering Astrology, on Spotify. And yes, I do have a weekly email. Um, you can sign up um, if you go to empoweringastrology.com. I used to have a shortcut. It was like newsletter or something. But you can find the link somewhere on my site. And when you sign up for it, I do send this email. It's like kind of like this download about what's going on for the week. A lot of people find it helpful. And then I also send out the replay for the video should you need to um, watch it. And then I, I transitioned recently to um, monthly horoscopes on, on video. Um, so I also share information there about your monthly horoscope on video. So I, I'm just, a little too in many things and at the same time my Gemini moon sometimes goes a little crazy I'm just this is 2021 I'm just like how do I streamline this because I'm gonna go crazy I will share all those links though Katie because I know those resources are super helpful for me and I'm certain for anybody else I totally recommend you reach out and connect more with Katie but thank you so much dear listener for being here if you haven't already joined us in the Sanctuary Miss Circle, please head on over to the Helen Joy Butler website, sign up for the Sanctuary Starter Kit, and you can join us in the Inner Circle. But until next time, take care and much love.